That's my job here. That would help. To press the buttons. <laughs> bleep, bleep, bleep. Let's do it. It's Tuesday, December 1st, 2020. Welcome to DeFi Download. I'm John T. With me every week is The Curb. How's it going, Curb? Hey. Follow us at DeFi underscore download on Twitter. Comment or tag us with your DeFi questions, and uh, every week we'll tackle them on the show. How's your Thanksgiving, Curb? Good. Good. Can't complain. We, you know, pandemic weird, but we got to do s- something. So, you know, I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. To keep, to keep the, the, the vibe. Yeah. We kept with the general traditions, ate a lot, felt kind of crappy. Next day, bought a Christmas tree. Paid for it. <laughs> Paid for it. Got that up and running. Uh, my family is far away, so no, no traveling. But yeah, I actually didn't really expect it. I guess a number of people did gather in slightly larger groups and I think are like voluntarily quarantining. So he dropped the kid off at school and there's like two other kids in his class. <laughs> the rest of them, like everyone else is like, to stay at home. So, all right. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. So a couple, couple big pieces of news, I guess, in the just general Ethereum DeFi adjacent space. Uh, E2. Beacon Chain launched, what, a couple hours ago, I think? Uh, something like that. Woo! I just saw the buzz on Twitter. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, I, you know, like to the community of people doing stuff in Ethereum, it's worthwhile for everybody. Take a minute to, you know, yeah. yo, we did it. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. That's a different team working on that solution, but I trust that they're on top of something. Yeah, it's uh, delivering on a <laughs> part of the roadmap. So it's just provides overall general optimism towards eventually getting to the thing that will make a real difference for people doing the things we talk about all the time, which is mainly application layer and like the protocol on the protocol <laughs> layer. Right. So cool. Uh, other, other big thing is tomorrow kicking off Gitcoin grants round eight, which I believe are had great. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> GR eight. It's great. Great. Oh, Nice. So wow. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Uh uh yeah, Gitcoin grants. So I guess this to really quickly, the like TLDR and what is Gitcoin? Um Gitcoin started as a tokenized funding mechanism for people working on like GitHub projects, open source development ultimately. Uh it's continued to expand. There's there's projects for community things and uh, DAO things and just sort of uh, all DeFi things. Like it's it has spread out over eight rounds of matching into a, a bigger sort of grant based fundraising mechanism for open source and particularly uh, Ethereum projects. Yeah, so so Gitcoin itself, as I understand it, and I haven't really used it much. Is it's kind of you can use you can find basically freelance development work to do there you can do freelance work i think it's a the kind of a marketplace for working on web3 apps and maybe other things or even just general yeah, development you you put up bounties so you say yeah, like i got this project i need this thing to be built for you know five thousand die and people uh just do it and then submit their solution and if you click yes they get the money yeah and but what they've become i guess both best known for is the gitcoin grants um, structure, which is what they've been doing. I guess this is round eight. I think they do a quarterly. So I guess we're two years into this thing. Um, and it is a way for people to fund project building on Ethereum 
Um, so anyone, we, we will actually have uh, a grant on there. We'll put out the link in the show notes. Uh, but anyone who's doing, uh, you'll notice all like the most popular content producers, a lot of the um, different um, just projects. Like I know like Tornado Cash is one that's always in there and, and gets a lot of funds. People that just do kind of freelance dev work. I know Sam CZ's son, who does all this like white hat hacking and saves people's protocols, seems like weekly. Uh, he's he's on there. So a lot of ways for people to uh, kind of give back or support the things that they want to kind of continue to see continue. But the the biggest part of it is the Ethereum Foundation, and then more recently, the past couple cycles, uh, some of the larger protocols, projects, companies in the space are able to provide matching funds uh, so that you put in some assets to support um, you know, the project that you're interested in, but it's also a signal for, okay, they should also get some of these funds from Ethereum Foundation uh, and, and others. And they're matched quadratically. So it, it, the system uh, automatically solves for more smaller uh, donations, grants, than whales coming in and throwing a lot of money at you. So it's actually really, I mean, sincerely to the people listening, it's actually really valuable for you to go and just put five die in for us uh, during a matching round. We get more matching funds for having 10 people putting in five die than we have one person putting in 50. Um, roughly. Uh, there are tiers and stuff built in. I don't fully understand the matching system, but that's one of the big things with Gitcoin's grants. I think they're five. They have five hundred thousand uh, in matching, five hundred thousand dollars worth of matching funds this year. So they're trying to make the total round uh, a million um, dispersed to open source projects. Yeah, and that's and that's just in a quarter, uh, which is great. A quarter, yeah, yeah. They do that yeah. four times a year. It's dope. Yeah, like quarterly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah it's we'll based have on... a grant. Go throw us some money. Yeah, <laughs> it gets even more complicated. I'll write it out, but like, uh, there's also like sub matching schemes. So if you give us Panvala tokens, we get another layer of matching out of the Panvala ecosystem. Uh, if you want to know about that, like, I don't know, ask me on Twitter. I'll, I'll try yeah, to and, explain it better. <laughs> and there's lower gas ways to contribute as well. You can like put up together a whole, um, like a whole cart full of grants and then fund it all at once and i think you can do it on a zk roll-up using like loopering or something like that i don't maybe it's not loopering but a bunch of different ways you can kind of participate and it mainly it's an it's very functional and it helps a lot of projects and a lot of projects that actually actually fully funded out of that and and done pretty well um but it's also a continual experiment um because as you described like it's matched quadratically but as soon as you start doing that it's like well how do you solve for like the Sybil attack problem where you just create like a thousand accounts that all give $2 and you get like a whole bunch of matching, but then there's civil resistant mechanisms that they're building in. And like you said, like the tiers. So it's, it's, it's a work in progress, uh, but it's been pretty cool to see it start participating in it a little more uh, each round. So totally check it, check it out. If you want to uh, see us kind of keep doing this thing and just appreciate what we're doing, shoot us a little bit. Uh, every little bit helps and we'll uh you know use to keep putting content together and we're you know we'll continue to work on how we can kind of weave DeFi and content creation together a little bit so that's that all right other uh one other piece of news just wanted to, i think the 
the big piece of news we wanted to go over was the continued yearn mergers slash partnerships. But I just wanted to kind of touch on something coming out of the, last week. There was a, a bigger piece of news I think I kind of got glazed over over the weekend. There was about ninety million dollars worth of maybe even close to hundred million dollars worth of liquidations at Compound. So uh, I think it was hundred million dollars worth of debt got liquidated um, at Compound because they were the Oracle that they were using to pull the die price, uh, I think was either fully pulling from Coinbase or heavily weighted to pulling from Coinbase. And on Coinbase, DAI uh, briefly moved to 1.2. So if you had, if you were operating uh, very close to the liquidation threshold um, and it went from one to 1.2, like that's, or maybe it wasn't even that high, but you know, a, a 10% move, if you're trying to be highly leveraged and, you know, right up against the liquidation threshold, all of a sudden, all of this debt became available for liquidation and then keepers jumped in and performed the liquidations. And then they lost that. It's like five or 10% of their collateral so not a small amount of money, um, you know, five to ten million dollars potentially. That was then went from the users of Compound to the keepers and liquidators. So it begs the question. Um, I I haven't seen anything that said whether or not people think it was intentional because all of this stuff, an oracle, you know, it comes out of like what what is the actual price of a thing if you're going to use this for this high stakes automated finance stuff um you need to know what the real price of something is but the real price of something is just like what the market says it is well which market okay well what if it's on 10 different exchanges do you have to take the average of them uh all at the same time do you take a weight like a a a, uh a volume weighted um how do you know that data is is good how do you know it's being uh, brought together properly. Um, which one do you validate? And, you know, compound <clears throat> quite famously does not use link as their Oracle system. And a lot of the link proponents, uh, crap all over compound and we're, we're doing a lot of, um, doing some victory laps around this, not necessarily cheering it on. Most of them were saying, Hey, wish people didn't lose money saying that link would have solved this and Ave didn't have these problems and things like that. Um, Link itself is a series of just kind of independent folks, uh, participants that are pulling together a lot of data from all the different markets into like a consolidated feed. But what happened to Compound, it wasn't not the price of the market. It was just, this is what they were referencing for the market. So which one is the reality and which one should happen? Um, and what's best? So I don't know what the real takeaway is there. I just thought it was interesting and kind of tailed off of our whole keeper liquidation conversation from last week. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good look. It's a, it's a good example. If anybody wants to chase the links in the description down that rabbit hole of like the things that we're busy figuring out within a DeFi system at the same time. And I guess this is not the thing to say on a podcast that's supposed to be stoked about DeFi, but maybe that's also our function here. This is like, what's boring about it to me. Uh, this is a flash crash. Uh, they used to happen on the New York Stock Exchange because we were just starting to use computers for trading on the, the stock market. 
And we went, oh shit, that can't happen again. And we made laws and we, whatever it looks like, right? But like, ultimately we figured out how to do this already. It just looks weird as you decentralize it, right? And so if you have somebody like Coinbase, who's trying to think of themselves like a bank, that's a pretty bad look for that Oracle to break. Cause that's kind of fundamentally like a big exchange having this problem that impacts the way the whole system works based on like their reporting thing. And so, you know, if, if at, from a legal standpoint, I go, okay, same old thing. There's going to be a version that's so decentralized. I don't know who to sue. And there's going to be a version that's regulated and, and someone will be liable for that loss if there's a loss in the system. Right. But at this point I just look at it and go, okay, so flash crashes happen here too. We just need to figure out what the triggers are. And then, and then we roll out the answers for them, either technically and possibly decentralized. So like maybe Link is right. Hey, we work because that didn't, this, this, this occurrence of a thing didn't break us. Right. Right. Um, and it's, yeah, the question of did anything break? Well, no, no, nothing really broke. Um, then the question is, okay, well, did something maybe not so great happen? Uh, yeah. Was it intentional? Not sure. Because even if you were able to have enough, cash to right. intentionally move the price of die on coinbase are you going to be able to outcompete all the other liquidators to then be the liquidator that actually won because Co compound wasn't hacked it was right. just the liquidators had a really good day <laughs> the people yeah it's, it, it's, using it's Compound. It's, that's why day. i say it's like a flash like nobody looked at the flash crashes and went oh my god we have to shut down stock exchanges they just went oh well, they did. That's they, a weird thing that happened in this that. other previously stable system. I mean, they turned them off, but they didn't say we need to stop having the New York Stock Exchange henceforth, right? Yeah. I mean, instead they put in checks where you can, you know, oh shit, it's happening again. Turn it off. Like, you know, it's just a, it's just a check valve. If you want to talk about it in mechanical stand, like from a mechanical standpoint, like they're all over the place once you know what to look for, especially in financial systems. Well, you know, just the protections more, against runaway X. Maybe uh, the real takeaway is, I think most of the people that are going to be listening to this podcast are, are more the retail folks, uh, people that are just interested in using it and you're not like running an investment firm, yada, yada, yada. Uh, yeah, right. Leverage is a bitch. Liquidation thresholds are no joke. So leave yourself a very considerable buffer and you should be fine uh, if you were comfortably you should always be at least 2x your collateral to your uh debt because most of these thresholds are around 150 <laughs> percent. so like yeah if you were in that threshold you would have been fine nothing would have happened uh it's i maybe the takeaway is that who got hurt in this probably trading firms or high net worth algorithmic you know, people who had enough money to hire someone or build their own kind of trading tools that actively monitor their positions and maintain them at like a very slim margin to maximize their leverage because they're using these assets for you know to to generate yield or returns elsewhere um right them being the sacrificial lambs to figure all this stuff out is fine because they're speculators that's their role they're gonna get higher returns but they're also gonna have higher you know lower lower lows right i mean and that's part of why we abide the flash crash thing too on Stock markets, because it's generally not hurting the retail investor. Like I, as a person who just buys stocks on Ameritrade, like I'm not doing the advanced things that are going to cause, I, I don't end up tied up in a flash crash other than I wake up in the morning and go, Apple is at 30. 
that seems strange. And then by noon, it's fixed. <laughs> like, uh, okay, it's back where it should be. Yeah, I mean, when I was, was working was with weird. my non-pre-crypto life, working with hedge funds for a number of years uh, on order management systems, oftentimes Bloomberg their price feed would get screwed up for something. And then our just like phones would go nuts. Cause people are like, my P and L's negative 500 million. What's going on. Um, and then you have to figure out it's, it's just, it's just a bad feed. It's fine. Now they didn't have, there weren't automated trading things based on that signals that we were managing. Some of them did have that. And that's where you got, that's where you run into problems. And it wasn't necessarily a flash crash, but I'll always remember being at one of the, one of the funds uh, where their whole thing was shorting financial stocks and they were doing quite well into the financial crisis as it was happening in 2008. Uh, and I was there when the U S government banned shorting financial stocks and they immediately lost about three to $400 million, which was, I think 30 to 40% of their fund <laughs> at that time. Um, it's good times. So yeah, leverage, leverage is uh leverage is a bitch. So be careful. So yeah, the Oracle thing is not settled. Uh, I think the you know uh, Hayden always pops up um, talking about the the Uniswap TWAPs. Where the Oracle thing, there's what reality are you referencing, which can largely be off chain. And this is in all in reference to DeFi, where all these things ha- are happening on chain. So you have this off chain data. You have just which data you're trying to reference. Then you have which system is getting that data on chain and then you have the system referencing it and how it reacts to that data and like all those three things can either be compromised or have issues um so that's why what uniswap has is interesting where you can actually have a built-in price oracle where you can reference the uniswap uh time-weighted average price um but it's actually all on chain so you at least cut out uh one of those middlemen, like you have the reality that you're referencing and you're referencing it directly without having a middleman involved, um, which is good, but it doesn't always work for every scenario. And then you're only pulling from one one feed and you know, Uniswap itself is um, can be uh, can be uh, kind of not necessarily attacked, but um, someone could just manip- it can be manipulated uh, through people kind of pushing the price around. But if you set a certain time threshold, then they have to do it over a certain period of time. So you can do things like that. But it, there's no perfect system. I think the thing is you just need to recognize which system you is using and what are, what are the potential faults um, faults involved. If you're trying to build an app or, or build something new, like what which one best serves your serves your purposes? I don't know. We should probably ta- stop talking about it unless we yeah. want to skip the next topic or pare down the next topic. But yeah, I mean, the thing that's interesting to me is like we think about stuff like commodities, right? If I were going to go buy that shit, I do it through a brokerage like or an exchange. I don't actually get to check the oil, right? Like that shit's just made up. Like what the reporting is on, and that's not because it's regulated. But like, you know, if I'm buying oil futures, like that that gets to a real world metric, right? I mean, it's the same thing with like stock. You know, I own Apple shares, and they are supposed to be like in a piece of pay on a piece of paper in a in a file cabinet somewhere. I mean, they're not anymore, but that was the idea. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And that's, that's the thing that ties it to reality ultimately, but it's already all digitized. It's the funny thing. Like it's just numbers on a, on an interface to me. uh, And that makes me the money. 
But then, you know, at some layer, that's the exchange regulation infrastructure. They, someone holds my shares and they are real in the real world on Apple's books. And that's what we all agree to. And so the system works and I get to invest in Apple. Like, but yeah, I think the point is that the DeFi hasn't been abstracted to that level yet. Like you kind of need to worry about it a little bit. <laughs> there's not really the, the, the level of DeFi where you're like, oh, I'm just right. going to use this thing. And like, there's no, no risk. Like you kind of got to know. Well, the, the also, I guess, piggyback on some of what we were talking about last week with the urine uh, pickle merger, which seemed like a novel thing at the time uh, in the past seven days, they have not stopped. And, there have been <laughs> yeah. not anymore apparently it happens every two days yeah <laughs> apparently uh there's been a consolidation of projects across the space uh so a little high level in the past couple of days urine has announced mergers slash partnerships with cream uh, a money market protocol that's a fork of compound mostly focused on more aggressively adding assets. So it's still just like a lending protocol, a few other things, but that's their, their main core competency uh, cover, which I think uses Nexus mutual in the back end. I'm not sure, but it's a, um, uh, like an insurance protocol for, for yeah, covering attacks. So. And then, uh, project. yeah, then the most recent one is uh, sushi, sushi swap, which is a fork of Uniswap, but it's kind of similar to, to cream that they've took a, a pretty aggressive stance on growth, adding new assets, new pools, experimenting with different kind of instruments. So in the past five days, Urine has announced different levels of uh, partnership merging, merging with all of these uh, protocols, which all have their own dev teams, communities, and tokens, um, which is all kind of... And there have been a number of posts that will... We'll, put in the show notes but uh, how many of those have you actually <laughs> dug into which one did you find the most compelling? Uh, i read andre's posts about just broadly like the notion of mergers acquisitions and and partnerships in the space and i think it kind of aligns with what we were saying last week like i don't even i don't even know i don't even know that i have that much to add right like the reality of what happens with the protocols and then ultimately whatever the organization that is running the protocol looks like because that can be a DAO, that could be a team that can be whatever right like uh, again it, it all has proxies in our existing system right you have corporations you have nonprofits, you have unincorporated entities that still have this weird legal magic because you all signed a piece of paper like it it, it the composability of this stuff and smart contracts breaks all of that stuff into this sort of fractalized pattern of how do you merge back together? And I think Andre's post kind of gets to that, which is like, sometimes this means we're going to use the same software and we're going to work on the same software. Sometimes this means it makes sense for us to just all be in the same discord, but otherwise we're distinct brands and projects, but we're working together toward this common goal. Like, I think the thing I like to call out is this is a product of open source. The fact that these teams aren't patenting the software means like they're just free to fork anyway. So the partnership conversation changes because they both go like, okay, what's the zero, what's the non zero sum way of pushing this ball forward? Because you could just fork all my software and then, and then build something cooler and I can't stop you. Um, and it just makes it, it ends up getting, to me, just wanting to say like, this is, this is, this, this is it. This is the stuff I look at and I go, 
ooh, this is getting like, the system starts to look more like recombinatory genetics than it looks like anything you learn about in business school. And that means we've hit a point in the technology acceleration curve for this kind of stuff where it's just like, holy shit, the next five years is going to be like, like the smartphone was invented and then the world looks completely, it's, it's, it's going to look like 2006, seven through 2010 in the terms of the way that web two shifted everything like this, these conversations, how do we merge this community? Like that is a completely different conversation from how do we get this protocol to talk to this other protocol? Um, yeah. And if you follow Andre and Yearn closely, uh, since they've launched, he's pretty, he thinks out in public a lot. He like put a post together, write up a little code, maybe even a front end for a new app, a new idea. And he's been circling around a number of different things. Uh, he built the, the keeper, uh, network, which I think is going to be heavily integrated into this, but, he was also working on a swap application. He was working on uh, some kind of debt-focused um, instruments. He was working on an options protocol. So this doesn't even talk about some of the stuff that he was, they're already doing with Hedgic, which I think is more just using kind of more of a working together a little bit, um, not necessarily a merger. And I think what, you know, a lot of the people in the space are part of a lot of the different communities anyway. You know, you might be, active in the sushi community, but also active in the Wi-Fi community, you know, just in the discord, weighing in on governance proposals, holding, holding the asset. Uh, and then, you know, devs as well are in short supply. So there could be devs working on, you know, I, I'm pretty sure all these devs are working on multiple projects and they know each other and might even just be helping each other here and there. So there's already this kind of like filtering uh, cross pollination. And then, you have Andre, who's kind of draw, driving this vision for this financial behemoth that he kind of wants. It's just my take on him is that he's just obsessed with capital efficiency, which I I, I really appreciate. <laughs> like, <there>, because <laughs> all this DeFi stuff is great, but like if you look at Uniswap, like not capital efficient at all. You look at Compound, right. not capital yeah. efficient at all. But you, that's where you need to start. So he's looking at like, okay, what can we do to? How, what are these different pieces I can use to make this stuff work? But I think what probably happened recently is kind of looking around and saying, okay, instead of doing all this stuff myself, you know, I think yearn, most people look at it, or at least I look at it. And I see they, I would guess they have like the strongest, like DevOps of any of the projects out there. Look that they got some of the more hardcore guys. They do good reviews. They've never been hacked. Um, they seem to take a really good approach to rolling all this stuff out. And, maybe what was realized is that they're good at that, but building the strategies, the guys at pickle are doing a bang up job on these vault strategies. So maybe instead of their dev efforts being focused on that, let pickle focus on that. They wanted to, you have to have some debt instruments in there to take you know, these vault strategies really to the next level and have kind of these purpose built debt, uh, debt facilities. Well, instead of, forking it maintaining this whole piece of code yourself maybe let's go talk to cream and what they're doing with cream is less you know less a merger than hey we're going to work with you and like have this partnership to build special purpose debt facilities that benefit us both um same thing with like the cover protocol like okay there's some tweaks here we were going to do our own cover thing but benefits both projects if we can not focus on that 
you can focus on that in in, in a increase throughput across both projects and hopefully have like a, a beneficial thing. So it's interesting where it's kind of there's already a bit of overlap, but now it's let's kind of start taking these things that we're building in silos and build them for each other to hopefully benefit all each other, um, you know, together. And you're talking about kind of recombinating these things or whatever. And it's really in the end, like that's the dev effort and that's like building the cool tools, but it's the community and it's actually cash flows. And that's what people don't really right. talk about it that much is what does the community want? The they community want cash. and their money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The community <laughs> wants cash flow to their token <laughs> that they hold. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, and so part of what's interesting for me when I see the merger piece is the same thing I'm always saying, like the, 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 the cycle of diversifying collapse and diversifying collapse into a solution is like, that's how biology works, right? It goes in a direction. Uh, it goes in two directions. The direction that gets the most sunlight thrives and the one that doesn't dies right and so and and, and so, you, so you end up with this pattern of like okay 10 people try 10 things two of them work everybody goes cool that solved the thing we wanted to solve we're going to use your two we're moving on to the next thing that's not incentivized in traditional startup world because you're supposed to patent your shit and have proprietary like everybody wants to know what do you monetize right like and so i'm stoked because i think this this model that that they're chasing and look, look, some of it comes down to, uh, I read what Andre writes and I go, yep, that works. I'll keep following him. <laughs> right. Like, uh, so, you know, some of it is, I, I put a post in the, in the discord, we'll, we'll put it in the description too. There's a, a good post from Jesse Walden and, and, uh, variant fund, I think talking about like, even in these systems where we have diffused ownership and stuff like that, it doesn't mean we don't need leaders. Right, and so sometimes the most efficient answer for solving a problem is to go. Andre seems to know what he's doing. Let's let, let's let him keep calling the shots, <laughs> right? Uh, so part of that is that. But what I think he sees is this thing that like it, there's no reason. And and look, the, my perspective on this comes from uh, being a builder, right? Like this is my I am this is my side gig talking about it. Most of my time is spent building things, and 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 in a space where we're constantly going. Okay, we need, uh, we want within Dow House the ability for you to have, you know, you sign up with your Ethereum address, but ultimately, like, you want, well, I want you to have a name and a description in there. Well, cool. Three Box is solving that problem. It's open. We're just going to integrate Three Box. Like, we're not going to reinvent a profiles system. And that's a completely different mentality from my old, my last project, where the thing was like, we needed you to sign up because our active users is what we take to investors to get them to give us more money. <laughs> like, and it doesn't work for solving some problems, but, but tokenizing the value of cooperation and then saying, let's go solve all the problems. Sounds like a cool alternative. I mean, will it work? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, right. The what's interesting is like the the devs are going to dev right, and Andre is obviously a, a high level dev, but I think he's almost elevated to this more, you know, the you know, not necessarily full product guy, but just he's 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 the vision, right? He's he's driving the vision for this whole thing, this whole ecosystem, and then these other projects are through their agreement for this merger 
kind of saying, let's either help support that vision and continue to get value in it. Or like, we're just all in, like, you're going to be the the vision guy that we're going to be following. Um, now, where does the community fit in? Like the, the devs can build all this stuff, but if it is actually fully decentralized and the decentralized governance is fully rolled out, what that usually means is that the token holders or the DAO members are able to control any on-chain changes to the protocol that they govern. So devs can build whatever the hell they want, but it won't be formally in the ecosystem or supported by the the token or being able to um, be deployed in that ecosystem. And there's a lot of gray area I'm glossing over there, but that's what, that's what the token holders control. Um, and they, you know, it's a feedback mechanism of, of course, of them saying, you know, as things are being built, like, yeah, we should build this, we shouldn't build that. And that all goes into play, but it's largely, you know, you can't have the community is not going to scope a product and build it. You need a couple people to do that, to, to scope it, figure out how to make it work. They can get a high level vision, high level feedback, yada, yada, yada. Um, but it's only efficient for a small number of people to be driving that stuff. And then it gets built. Then it has to be of a, okay, the community needs to accept it into the protocol. Uh, so the, the steps of these things actually merging, I do think there's, it does sound like there's going to be some, I think most, most of it has looked like looking like Wi-Fi urine, will bring value to these other protocols. But I think what's happening is the agreement from the Wi-Fi side, and these are proposals, is Wi-Fi is going to actually like purchase and hold some of the tokens in their treasury. And that's going to be kind of like the, okay, now the the DAOs, the communities are formally aligned in in some capacity. But then otherwise, it's the devs just kind of deciding to do what they want to do and and build the stuff that, you know, I think most people agree was probably going to, drive a lot of value to to all the projects um but it's interesting when you say okay it's decentralized centrally finance community owns everything and then you see a uh a medium post of you know one guy being like hey we're merging with this protocol because me and the head of that protocol talked about it but then at the end there's okay here's two proposals one on one on the sushi swap side one on the urine side that need approval but like they're gonna get approved and yeah, they're just going to build this stuff anyway. So it, it, it it's just interesting seeing, you know, we've talked about it so many times, like what is what is governance? And it's like, it's control of yeah. the protocol and it's, you know, the the right to get those, the cash flow accruing to the token that you hold. Yeah, it's, it's endlessly fascinating and exciting to me that we get to this point, but then it immediately descends into what to me is like almost just gossip. Like I, I kind of don't care where they end up. Uh, because it's just politics. Like this is again. I, I know this is like constantly my mantra, but it's the same as it's ever been. You come out of the gate and you go, "We're happy to announce the merger," right? And it's like, yeah, but what happened before that merger happened was months and months of arguing between the companies and the government and all kinds of shit like that, right? If you're talking about high scale, you know, top level mergers. Warner is buying a, you know, AT and T is buying Time Warner or whatever, right? Well, and the but difference like, here is that the but, stuff that's currently in place is immutable. It's there, it's operating. And if the right, mer- if the right. merger was like, oh, we're going to send all fees from Sushi Swap to the urine Treasury, 
Like, well, I, I don't think sushi holders are going to yeah, so vote like, that one in. Yeah, exactly. So uh, my thing is people should feel protected to the extent that they could always vote no for a thing. But also, like, when you catch that sort of tone of grumpiness, like, well, who are you to just announce that we're merging? It's like, yo, somebody's got to bring up the idea. Right. Like you can't. And then you can't be like, oh, it's centralized because Andre brought up the idea. Like somebody has to put up the proposal. Right. And you have to. And so just starting by saying, I think this is a good idea to do. Here's what we're going to do. Unless a bunch of people say no, like is a totally prudent way to start that process. And if a bunch of people say no, you can go, OK, not a popular one. What do you all got? I yeah. tried. Well, right. The, like, it's, the, it's the push and pull. It's like you had to get, you know, we there's like the 2017 cycle where there's some like governance stuff, but it's really just like, Oh, give us money. And like, you'll eventually control the, the product and we're going to build this product. And then no one built a product. Uh, but then in that, the bear market, you know, things like actual decentralized products like Uniswap and compound got built. Uh, and then they launched their token. And it's like, okay, well, now we have products. Now we launched a token and this token actually is governing the product. Now you can have question, you can have concerns about the distribution of the token and if that's centralized and yada, yada, yada. But either way, you can say that these projects, well, I guess Uniswap, it's not actually controlling anything on chain right now, but like Compound, like their token, comp holders control what happens to Compound. Like that works. Okay, now we're going to push the limits on all of we have this governance structure now and we're iterating on that but i feel like the product is going to go run away again and get complicated and we're going to merge these things together we have no idea how it's going to all kind of like work out and we're going to like totally outpace what we're ready for governance wise but that's how innovation happens so we'll launch these you know new cool products and then there'll probably be some blow-ups or some communities will get hosed um some of them might not be happy we'll do some interest good mergers bad mergers um things like that but then we'll figure that part out. You know, that'll be kind of the next phase and we'll catch up and, and do that again. So I'm optimistic. It's just great. At worst, it's data points, right? We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll get to, yeah, right. Get to feedback. And that's the part that gets to the, you know, highfalutin recombinatory thing, right? Like uh, what I mean when I say that is the way the genetic works is like two animals mate and it works or it doesn't. And you just run that system over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And, over and, the, and which ones, which, you know, ones bump into the other and then try that is completely, it's not completely random, but you know what I mean? If you look at a higher level system, it's random. And that's what we're looking at here. It's like, hey, can we try this? Nope, got voted down. Okay, what if we try it this way? No, got voted down. Okay, what if we try it this way? Uh, well, it got voted down. What if we try it this way? Okay, yeah. uh, but it didn't work and we got wrecked. Like, okay, well, then evolution just pushed that solution out of the system. Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, people get wrecked, but that's, you know. It's, 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 it's all a cost benefit analysis on what you get out of what we learned from it. It's like, you're always saying, so mer merge on, merge on, I say, I say, <laughs> bring it on. Uh, I think we talked through a number of different things. Any other, any other content you wanted to throw out for the week? Uh, nothing that wouldn't kick off a rabbit hole at this point. Cool. I'll say this, uh, 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 check out Dow house, uh, on Twitter. We got cool things to announce this week. Um, alpha launches and then ultimately uh, chances to earn some tokens and things. 
Hey, go launch a DAO. I've already said too much. I've already said Alpha. Yeah. Alpha leak. Awesome, man. Literally alpha.dowhouse.club. <laughs> Ooh. Sneaky. I mean, it's not really an alpha leak so much as it's at the alpha version of the software. So if it breaks, also don't be mad at me. <laughs> yeah. It's got alpha in it. Be careful. Don't, don't rug pull anybody. Yeah.